Hi there, and welcome to the I'll Try That podcast. This week, we are exploring a beer that was brewed by monks. It's one of the oldest in the world, and it originates from Belgium, and that is Lefe. But first, we are going to head over to Joe, who is going to hit us with this week's hot topic. So, hot topic, no surprises here, because it's very hot off the press. We are, of course, going to talk a bit more about Brewdog. Again, you always seem to be talking about them. We do tend to, and they and, you know, they have a lot of headlines, but they are catching the headlines for all the wrong reasons right now. Okay. And I could say that, you know, there's a couple of phrases here. You know, it doesn't rain, but it pours. And, you know, there's always, you know, with every good news, there's always some bad news as well. So BrewDog is hitting the headlines for, as I said, some, some bad reasons at the moment. But it all started this first first kind of inkling, I suppose, that there was some cracks forming underneath the BrewDog surface when an open letter from 61 previous BrewDog employees to the founders, which again was published online, hence it's an open letter, um, basically outlining their toxic environment they call having uh, the culture that is at uh, BrewDog itself. So what they've said is that they are having, they've created a rotten culture built on a cult of personality and treating their workers like objects. There's a lot of strong words in there and it's, it's you know, there's a big, you know, it's about a five page document signed, as I said, by about 61 employees, some of which give their full name, some of which give initials, uh, as well, I'm sure for, um, uh, you know, for different reasons. But, you know, what has been, what has been, you know, kind of shown is that there's some real issues here that have yet to really been dealt with at Brewdog. And I think. That has to be addressed. Uh, have you heard much about this, Barbara, as well? Um, more or less, just as, as you said, uh, interesting thing to look at, really, because obviously, we, as, as Drab has identified, they're the usual suspects for, for the hot topic. Um, but at the same time, there must be a bit of an iceberg effect there. Uh, only 10% of it is, is above the surface, and that's what you see. And, and there must be a, a lot that, that goes into uh, their outdoor uh, persona, basically their external persona, basically. But um, just pretty much what what you'd said there—that there was some um, pretty strong allegations thrown about about the nature of of working there and, and how tough it was—and um, uh, again, just the phrases that that, that you said so were fairly toxic environment and and this thing about built around personalities um, that doesn't strike that that potentially rings fairly true in terms of for me that they are a a brand with with a a personality so that that kind of tallies but um uh the actual inner inner workings the inner machinations of of the the brewery itself um that's i suppose that's really for the people involved to comment on i guess this this doesn't bode well for brewdog because their, their image as we said is so positive i suppose they're doing so much good in the world they're trying to put that and that's what all of their advertising is about but if you think about it it should but their, their, their goodness and their, their wholeheartedness should start from within it should start from a company basis if they're not getting the core right they're not going to be i just don't think that the, the, the positivity won't flow through what they're trying to do yeah, I think I think it has to come right from the beginning of, of who you are as a company. Your values need to speak to every single thing that you do, not just what you put out there in a marketing speak, you know, and to grab PR headlines, uh, you know, like being the first carbon neutral com- uh, brewery in the in the UK. But you need to do things like, you know, actually treating your workers, you know, correctly and giving employees power and stuff. So it is. Um, 
I think it's interesting. I mean, I think there's a kind of a couple of things might, this might have born out of. Uh, of course, the two founders, two guys started up, still very much involved in the business, hence leading the business as well. Um, I wonder if that's, you know, a, the cult of personality speaks more to their personalities and how they've, they've kind of created a kind of a, you know, a beery aesthetic within the, the brewery itself. But also as well, I think they've been hoisted by their own batard here, um, Brewdog, because they've seen huge amounts of success over the last few years. You know, they're no longer a, you know, startup, you know, trailblazer, you know, that's coming in here and disrupting the big players. They are a big player. They're valued at a billion pounds right now, you know, their latest valuation. You know, these are a big, big corporate organization. And yet it seems like they're not actually acting like a corporate organization. They're still trying to hold on to this, you know, kind of our with rugged demeanor. We're the punks in the, in the brewing industry. We, you know, we don't have to play by the rules. And yet actually, when you are talking about people and you're talking about your workforce, you very much have to play in the rules. You have to grow up, basically. And I think this is a, an example of where Brewdog need to grow up. I think we, 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 we look at a lot of smaller breweries or up and coming breweries that have come and a lot of them do emphasize that they are, a, that they are a small team, that they are a, a family, that they are a business. And I think that's what Brewdog have put across. And it's just, just, just as you said, Joe, they're not, they're not a small business anymore. They need to, they need to think on the larger scale, the larger, the, the larger picture. They need to start looking after their team and their team is massive now. Their team is huge. They've got to, they're not just looking after the core people who were around them at the start. They've got to start thinking about absolutely everybody and anybody who's involved in their business. If I can uh, venture a slightly different perspective, uh, I spoke to a friend of mine and actually I kind of think it's relevant what you just said there, Rich, about the, the size of, of the size of, of <clears throat> the size that Brewdog was and the size that Brewdog is now. I think 61 people is, is still a, a, a fairly, uh, fairly significant number obviously but uh, a friend of mine I happened to speak to about this uh, article sort of said um, they kind of looked at it from a slightly uh, cynical perspective they go well no one ever really likes their boss but at the same time they have been wildly successful oh are these people are looking for something but um, that's in that is a pretty wild allegation to to, to make in, in, in comparison but um, I think if there's always going to be a little bit of um, difficulty with with uh, your uh, your employer but uh, this this does seem to have gone a, a little bit beyond what's what's kind of normal I think it's interesting because you know they were they did in t- this year 2021 become um, a B Corp you know so a B Corp as we touched on before you know is it, is it business bees. for goods run by bees exactly um, you know but it's business for good and and that is a very stringent and strict level of criteria that you have to hit in order to become a B Corp. And of course, employee welfare, what you do for your employees, employee trust, you know, profit sharing, all of that comes into, into scrutiny. So I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if this is something that's been missed in the vetting process, if this is something that adds a bit more to what your friend says, Barbara, about, you know, the, you know, there's, you know, there's maybe just some smoke, there's no fire, but I do think that there is, you know, there is no smoke without fire. I think that, um, there is something here that needs to be addressed and whether that's just a, an overhaul or an actual taking seriously these, these allegations, um, you know, to, to kind of actually get the company in a better space and to, and to damage, uh, you know, to help, to help make the business, um, feel more suitable for, you know, all everyone. I mean, some of these things have been, um, 
you know, I think people have also taken to light about this in, in the class, in the classic way that Brewdog makes light of a lot of, a lot of situations. You know, there's a, an organization called News Thump, which is, a, you know, quite big on Twitter, a parody kind of thing. They've basically taken one of Brewdog's cans, uh, as you would have seen. And, in, and the writing in the middle, instead of, you know, punk IPA, they've, uh, they've changed it to say, stop complaining or you're effing sacked IPA. <laughs> you know, I think people have taken this as an opportunity to, you know, to take some fun out at, at Brewdog who, who don't take themselves that seriously online. That's- yeah, that's a good point. I think what's what's interesting is is what happens next because I think they always kind of react to a challenge in in a pretty interesting way. This is this to me is obviously is, is pretty serious. But uh, you look at the uh, uh, the Aldi situation uh, with the anti-establishment IPA, and then what did they do? What they do? They go and make an Ald IPA to then sell an Aldi. So um, yeah, I mean they're pretty good on the old innovation front. So uh, well, how they deal with this is is I think going to make for some interesting. Uh, reading so i think to bring on another one i I was saying before how brewdog it doesn't just rain it pours well more scrutiny has and bad headlines have hit the hit the wavelengths even of a couple of days ago from the 28th of june um so remember when brewdog did the big golden can uh promotion Um, saying that their cans were they were selling you know they were giving away if you bought the, the 12 packs of cans uh you could being the opportunity of winning a solid gold can worth £15,000. That's what they said, right? Turns out that the cans have been, you know, valued again by those who have won it. And they found that they're mostly uh, made of brass and not gold. No, they definitely, they have definitely said that these are not actual worth that value of eight valuation of fifteen thousand pounds. They put the valuation closer to about one thousand two hundred eighty-one pounds. Okay, so That's... I thought, I mean, unless I th- wondered if we spoke about this before, I thought the idea was that it wasn't literally a solid gold can. I thought the idea was that it was. It, it looked like gold, you know, is it, is it, um, as an yeah. imitation kind of gold? And I thought the idea is that once you got it, you could keep it, but then Brewdog would give you £15,000 rather than, no, but it was actually no, meant to be. The- no, no, it was the whole of their marketing was about a solid gold can. Now, even if that gold can was gold plated, so that wouldn't be solid yeah. gold, yeah. it'd be gold plated, but it, they've put an actual valuation certificate with it that is valued at £15,000. Yeah. And that is what's going to scrutinise, where people are evaluating it, evaluating it and saying it is not worth that. Now, Brewdog have come, have come back to say, you know, that it's about the uniqueness and the rarity of it. You know, there's obviously a retail markup with this. There's blah 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 bloody blah trying to justify £15,000 but as of right now no one is giving £15,000 to anyone who has that can okay. I don't yeah. want who would want who wants a £15,000 can collectors collectors be interested just... is rarity of it but most but, but the problem is Rich is so there's a story that came out with this as well. Obviously, you know, a good headline only comes with a good heart, heart, pull on your heartstrings uh, mm. story. And the story they focused in on was a guy in Scotland who won it. And basically he was like, I was going to use that money to get married. That was my one part of a big part of my wedding fund. Oh, okay. He was going to use the clan yeah. and sell it. And it was a big surprise that he won it. And he was like, I'm going to use this money to, so he'd made plans for the wedding and blah, blah, blah. And then actually no one was going to buy this can from him for the amount that, that Brewdog said it was going to be worth. So, you know, I think there, there's an expectation that they've sold with the marketing. Yeah. And then there's a reality of, like you said, who's going to buy it? Is it actually worth that 15,000? Yada, 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 yada. Oh, for- so I just think there's been a big oversell potentially on this. Maybe Brewdog had in mind that he could do the catering from Aldi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to be really excited for the apology video that Brewdog puts out. We're sorry. 
with some <laughs> yes. people nodding, maybe. Yeah, maybe like a like a big BP oil spill level yeah. of, uh, of of sorries. We're sorry. Yeah. But this is the thing, Rich. I think why this has gained quite a lot of traction is BrewDog are not backing down. They're not apologising. They're saying that this is just... Um, there was a marketing error in how they talked about it, but these cans are still worth this 15000 And I think that's why it's grabbed quite a few attentions. It's not like it's a mistake and they own up to it and then they reimburse everyone with the 15000 that they said it's going to be. They've just said... Tough, tough. Interesting, yeah, because I'm, I'm no lawyer, but I wonder from a legal standpoint, do they, value is, ultimately value is, is what someone will pay for something. So yeah. if they equally would say, well, we'd give you £15,000 for the can, um, then th- have they not been proved right, I suppose? So, so this is the, this is the, again, the marketing legal tightrope that walk, BrewDog yeah. have walked and weave with this. So, in all their marketing, they talked about a solid gold can, £15,000, blah, blah, blah. In the legal contracts that accompanies the can, at no point does it talk about it being solid gold, about being 15000 about all these other things that would tie people up in knots about it. So it, again, it's that, like, legally, they're covered. I've just, I've just got one more. I've just got uh, like, like another point to make. Did the can at least have Brewdog in it? Because then, then this person's been doubly cheated. One, he didn't get his solid gold BrewDog can. <laughs> Two, he didn't get any BrewDog at least for a bit of the... For, yeah, for yeah. Kind of a bit like, oh, it's all right. At least there's some beer in it. He's been mugged off twice. Drinking out of the gold can. Yeah, that would have been the dream, actually, wouldn't it? But it was if it's made of brass, is there not maybe... Oh, that's, this is the way I'd spin it. But mind you, this is why I'm in a different business. But uh, I think I'd spin it as... Um, no, we're doing, a, we're doing a range of cans. This one's brass... The other one's going to be gold. We're going to have an oak can. I would love an oak can. I, I you would, you've got oak, you've got oak can written all over you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it because I look so weathered at the moment? No, it's it's, it's, the, yeah. it's the slightly dishevelled beard, which which I'm very jealous of because I can't grow one. It's it's the slight bleaching of your hair and and your fantastic shirt that you've got on. You look like uh, you're a man who who should should be holding a. Uh, uh, an, an oak can of, of brewer dog. <laughs> £1.50 from a charity shop. Get out it's of town. <laughs> you need to redesign my wardrobe. I look like Mark Corrigan from Peep Show all the time. <laughs> People call me clean shirt when I walk down the street. I take that as a compliment, though. So. <laughs> all right. Shall we, shall we move on to the pursuit of poppiness? As we said... Uh, this week we're talking about Lefe, which is uh, probably one of the oldest brewed beers out there. Um, it was, what, did it start in? 1240, I think. 1240. Wow. I was just reading the bottle. I was squinting. My eyesight is shot. <laughs> so, uh, so I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right, Rich. It's a, a, it's a brewing tradition since 1240. Very, very uh, you know, prominently placed there. But it goes back even further in the, you know, this is founded by monks, okay? Brewed by monks. And the monks started in a place called Notre Dame de Leffe, which is an abbey uh, in um, in Belgium, founded in 1152. So this this has been, you know, around for a very long time. And they started brewing the beer, um, you know, in order to kind of kill germs and to help with that kind of, t- uh, you know, fermentation process, which helped with the, with the drinking um, at the time. 
But it actually went away for a little while uh, after the French Revolution. The Abbey itself was, you know, was was kind of put out of commission, and but came back again in 1929. So there's a whole story around the Abbey and the monks themselves, and then you get to the beer, Lefe itself. And I th- that's really I want to make that distinction. We want to, we're talking about Lefe, the beer, uh, and the brand that we know today. You know, that you can find all around the world, owned by the biggest brewer in the world, AB and Bev. Um. So um, maybe maybe we can just have a jump in and talk about the different kinds of, of beer that Lefe makes. I, I like that clarification. Just before we do, Joe, I love that clarification. We are talking about Lefe the beer, not the Abbey. <laughs> we are not talking <laughs> about the Abbey. Experts as we are on 12th century Abbeys, that's a whole separate podcast that we're, we're yet to design. We're, we're sticking to the beer for the time being. <laughs> Our podcast has taken a real left turn, and we've 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 we've, we've now we've now got the listener base. We want to talk about what we really care about: monks and abbeys, in monastery news and reviews. Tune in next week when we're taking. Next week we're doing an old classic, Westminster Abbey. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're all gonna get we're all gonna get the monk haircut where we just cut cut the bowl out the out the top. Um, well, you're getting there anyway, Barbara, aren't you? You're slowly, you're slowly receding. Get out. No, no. I'm, yeah. I'm a full, luxurious head of hair. Stop it. Stop it. We need to talk about the beer. Let's get into some liquid. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the blonde, gents, which to me is, is the one that everyone kind of knows and is, is, tends to be the most readily uh, available. Uh, but what, what, are you guys, what are you guys drinking? I am also sipping the blonde and could only find it in this absolutely huge bottle. Which I'm not complaining. I'm I'm going to drink it all in this recording. But yeah, it's massive. That's a good size. Um, I'm, I also have a massive bottle, <laughs> but I'm drinking the Bruin or the Bruin or to us the Brown, the Brown Lefe. Now this is delicious. I have what I would call a normal size bottle, but um, it's 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 just the angle. It's bigger than it looks. I, I swear. <laughs> it's fine, Barbara. You can make up and compensate for it with how you talk about the beer. Yeah. I can't help but feel that sounded just a, just a tiny bit backhanded. I it's just because there's going to be lots of umming and ahhing from me now. Okay. Well, it's a nice beer. Um, <laughs> it's good things in small packages, some would say, right? Indeed, quite right, quite right. Um, this blonde, uh, so uh, apparently without uh, intention, well, uh, unless someone's going to correct me on that, I get a little note of banana when I drink Lefe. Is that just me? I, you know what? I, I, I don't get banana when I'm drinking this. No, I just this. get this slight little note. But yeah, it's it's typical of I, I suppose a Belgian blonde, really. And I say typical. That feels like a bit of a non thing to say, really. That's no great revelation. But I suppose, well, at least my perspective, it's a bit of a classic uh, Belgian blonde. I think I'm I'm pretty well uh, vindicated in saying that by the fact it's it's been around since twelve forty. Um, but uh, yeah, for a lot of people in the lexicon, Belgian blonde. Lefe uh, are, are almost synonymous. Oh, it's it is it is by all, by their like, all intents and purposes it is their flagship product. Yeah. So the Lefe Blonde is the one that like everyone knows to and goes to, and that's actually why I was a bit surprised when I, I poured this brown this, this this one out, and it was a very different color to the one mm. I'm used to seeing, which is that like nice kind of uh, pale, uh, you know, kind of creamy almost looking uh, li- mm. liquid. Well, this this was my first ever blonde that I sampled. Um, oh, you not lived way back when, and I was, <laughs> and I, 
Delayed laughter. The best kind of laughter. <laughs> so I'm going to go back again. This was my first blonde I ever sampled. Um, and this was... And this was back. Um, this was back when I was living in Spain in, in La Fosca, and we were in this tiny little bar. And it was it was the only beer they had on tap for some reason. But um, yeah, it was the first time I ever tried. I don't think I'd even heard of a blonde beer until this point because I was still very much just swigging lagers and whatever I could get the cheapest at the supermarket at the time. But um, I tried it, and I was and I was taken aback at how much how much I enjoyed it. So what I think is quite fascinating about this, we've talked about the blonde, we've talked about the brown. Um, so actually, when you know the Abbey started brewing again after the French Revolution, um, the brown was actually the beer that's, that they were making. So this is actually the more traditional beer, which is the brown. And the blonde came later. Huh. Uh, you know, they, they talk, tell some story about this, which I'm, you know, I don't know about how, how accurate it is. Maybe it's a bit <laughs> of marketing spiel. But they basically say that they, br- they left the br- brown out it saw the sun and the light of day and it became lighter and brighter and they named it Blonde. Um, and apparently that's a beautiful chapter for Lefe indeed is how they finished this off. So again, there's a little bit of artistic license that's been left with this. I'm surprised they didn't just say, yeah, it was a, it was a, um, they're the monks after all, miraculous conception. It, it, it just happened. And it was the, it was the best, it was the best damn beer there was, that was ever made. Well, so they they were just saying that that the, the blonde is basically the stale beer. That's sta- no, they haven't said stale. I mean, they're light kissed. Let's say the bl- the lighter, brighter version of the brown. But again, it's it's definitely not that they have very different brewing processes uh, that have been changed. So I know the judge just gone. What are those cobblers? I've never, yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard such nonsense? I would really, I'd, I'd really enjoy it if all their vats were see through and they just have to have big windows. That was just. That they just had to open just to turn just it. Remember around. though, uh, Travers, it's, it's a monastery, so basically they wouldn't they wouldn't have been completely transparent. They would have been sort of stained glass, wouldn't they? So <laughs> they'd have. I would like to think the Lefe Monastery now is just um, just made of these beer bottles, all the stained glass yeah, windows, and, and and everyone trying to give uh, performer service is is just absolutely slaughtered. <laughs> 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 Talking about that, we sort of alluded to that Lefe has got many different beers from, you know, it's blonde to it's, it's brown, but they've actually got nine different types altogether. Um, some of the most popular, I'll just go through the list. You guys might recognize a few of these. So obviously the blonde, the brune, the brown, I'm just, I'm trying. The triple, uh, the radhois, the ritual nine, the ruby, the nectar, which is a honey flavored version. Ooh, that sounds nice. Uh, a Royale Cascada IPA. So they're branching out into things and a, and a 0.0% just to name a few of theirs uh, that they have. But maybe we could you know talk a bit more about the, the, the flavor itself. So for me, the brown, as you can imagine for a more kind of, you know, kind of a darker ale, it's got these kind of caramel notes. Um, you know, it is a bit richer as well than the, the light blonde that I can remember in my, in my taste palette. I know it's funny that you said, um, and, and I've just seen that, that there is indeed a, a honey um, flavored beer, but actually, I I, I kind of get that a little bit with with um, the the Lefe Blonde. There is a sweetness and a, and a, I'm looking for the right word. It's not syrupy, but it is that kind of sweet and smooth uh, taste to it, which um, which is really characteristic for me. I think I think that sweetness is very very kind of reminiscent of these kind of more Abbey beers, you know, that mm. you get from the you know the kind of these part of the world, and and actually that sweetness comes from you know how they make it with the with the 
with the different ingredients and how they ferment it. And it's not syrupy, you're right, but it is that like, like sweetness that comes through. I was going to say, I, I get a real creamy thing from the blonde. I find it's a lot... That's what I get a lot with, with, with blonde beers that I've sampled now is they just feel a bit creamier and they feel... I know, I know, I know it's not thicker, but I, I feel the sensation of it being thicker when I drink it, like a, like kind of like a, like a bit more texture and a bit, as I said, like before, I, 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 and I'll say it again, like, like creamier. And that's, um, it, it just feels a little bit more full, full bodied when I drink so it's, it. It's not necessarily just the, the, the really crisp, sharp thirst quencher, is it? And, and I think to my mind, that's probably why also I have in my mind that these are, typically served in in uh despite the size of you guys' bottles um these are typically served in in smaller measures than than your pint or your half pint typically um because i imagine that it's not quite as as sessionable uh, the the abv probably speaks to that as well that it's uh that it's yeah one you have uh, a shorter measure of i'd say yeah well that's a good point about the abv because this brown is 6.5% so you do definitely feel it after, after, I mean, this is a, a 6.5% in a 75 centiliter or 750 milliliter size bottle that Rich and I are having. So that is a, a chunky portion of 6.5% liquid right there. Well, this, well, the, well, the blonde is six put is six, six. So one more than you. So we win. <laughs> also that it's, I can't, it's just the size of the bottle. I couldn't get this in any other size. Than this gigantic bottle, it looks like you've got a club. It's like a potentially a murder weapon that you've you've got in, in hand there. No, and and don't get me wrong, I really really enjoy Leffy. I think it's a really tasty beer, but I kind of don't want to drink loads and loads of it in one big hit. Do you, do you kind of know where I'm coming from? Well, I think it's quite interesting that they've opted to have these big 750 milliliter bottles because. I know they have. I mean, what size is yours, Bob? Three thirty. So I'm fun size, whereas you guys are a party slash sharing size. And I think that's the point. It's a sharing size. You know, you, you're not meant to consume a 750 milliliter on your own. Like this is definitely. Oh, let's pour this out into glasses with you know with people, um, which I think talks to a lot about how they how they want you to consume Lefe. Um, You know, it is meant to be, as you said, it's it's not a session by yourself it's a let's all have this quite interesting beer together perhaps a com- continental aperitif for a couple of friends before we perhaps move on to wine at dinner well they've really they've really not they've, 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 they've misjudged the pandemic though haven't they as being a man who spent lived on lived live lived on his own in the pandemic sort of thing this is once i've opened it i have to drink it all it's it's pretty much the rules well, let's face it, you know, you have three beers and you've already drunk more than 750 milliliters. So, you know, if you drink two and a half beers, then you're probably on, you know, you, you probably want that would be it. So that's, I think that's the point, you know, this would probably be better value for your money as well. And and yeah, these boys have been in town since 1240. So they've seen a couple of pandemics in their time. This, this beer's been through <laughs> Spanish flu. It's been it's been through COVID. It's been through the works. It's been, uh, it's been through revolutions. It's been through world wars. Like, Lefe withstands all. And you know what? It, it is stood the test of time. It is, it's a solid beer. So giving, giving a, you know, kind of a, I guess backing to uh, to Lefe, it's quite funny actually. I've just clicked on Lefe uh, 
through their website onto their Instagram page and it's gone straight to the Lefe Belgium one. So I was quite first bidding quite confused because it's a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, Flemish. It's interesting. Sorry, the, I mean, you said the Instagram because we, I know we do the numbers, but also when I look at uh, the bottle and I see the kind of, uh, it, it's not quite old English, old, ye olde English or, or sort of Gothic, but it's kind of this, this old style. It looks like, um, how the manuscripts would have been written in the monastery. It doesn't scream to me big Instagram presence. I'm, I'm going to put it out there. So I'm curious to know what the numbers are on, on that one. Well, yeah, I mean, they've basically taken the, um, you're right, like the, the, what is the Lefe color? Will you guys tell me what's the Lefe color? Yellow. Yellow. yellow, yeah. <laughs> so Instagram is very yellow, as you can imagine. It's their brand color. It's what they lean into, and it's a it's a monastery yellow. Let's put it that way. Okay. It's a you know it's a bit of an off yellow. It's not a real bright sunshiny yellow. It's a but but yellow is the most distinctive and noticeable color. So actually, it does pop really well actually online. Um, you know, but it's they've got 15k followers on Instagram and this is the Lefe Belgium one but they've only got 35 posts so I don't think they're not that active <laughs> online <laughs> they're not too worried about the number of uh, followers they have and on Twitter they have um, 12.6k and again very much the same so not doing anything too crazy online so I think overall we'd say you know this is one of the oldest beers in the world made by monks very traditional taste and flavor that stand, stood the test of time so if you haven't had a lefe in you either go for the blonde go for the brown whatever takes you fancy or there's a honey one out there as well non-alc as well for those non-alcos out there as well um which i've yet to try but actually i've had good experience with um wheat or blonde beers that are non-alcoholic so yeah. i because that sweetness helps massively yeah. with the with the removal of the alcohol so i would definitely say give lefe a try Definitely. The guys from the old school uh, and with the zero percent, that sounds like they, they're having a crack at the new school as well. Ain't no school like the old school. And that's all we have time for this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That podcast dot com and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now.